and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the self-made Matt. Hello there. Well then, Matt, um, we are discussing Resolution this week. We are. The New Year's Day special from uh, just a couple of years ago. Mm. No, well, three years ago at this point. We're catching up. We are catching up, yes, yeah. Shan't be too long now. Um, But, uh, yes... As always, before we before we get into uh, the episode and your thoughts on it, um, we've got a few other matters to attend to. No, um, not this week. No? No. You're just diving straight into just it? Just straight into it. So this is Resolution from the <laughs> first... Uh, I made that joke last week. One, one week, I think I'm going to tease that we're just not going to do anything, and then one week I think we should. Just go straight be... into the episode. I'd be up for it. Yeah, be an early yeah, finish, definitely... clock off for the weekend. Lovely. Uh, and you know what? I am itching to talk about this one. So um, let's let's uh, keep things nice and tight, shall we? Let's. Uh, okay. Where do you want to begin? Um, TV highlight of the week? Uh, we can do. Yep. Yeah. Have you got anything in particular? Uh, I do, yes. Um, so it's been a bit of a sickly week uh, in our household. Um you know, uh, little Absorbaloff is going to nursery a few days a week now, and as I'm sure you're aware, nurseries are germ factories. Mm-hmm. So, um, as he's as is is his occasional want, he came home with a stinking cold and proceeded to pass it round to both myself and my partner, uh, and it meant that on uh, Wednesday of this week, uh, he wasn't well enough to go to nursery. Uh, my partner still had to drag herself out of the house to work, um, and I basically took the day off work just so I could uh, tend to our little one's needs. Um, and basically, we just sat around watching Wallace and Gromit for most of the day. Oh, nice. Wrong trousers. Uh, wrong trousers in particular was the one we kicked off with. Um, That's the best one. Wrong trousers is a yeah. work of art. I, I, gen- I was going to say, Matt, genuinely, it is perfect. There yeah. are not many things that I could say that about, but there is absolutely not not a word, not a, it, it, it's a frame quite out of place. Possibly in my top three favorite, if you can call it films, mm-hmm. it's certainly in my hall of fame with Jurassic Park and The Lion King. Yeah, right. I just, so I just love it. Yeah, it it is it is just a, an absolutely perfect film, and uh, Little Absorbloff was just laughing his guts out. At it. Um, Did you watch Close Shave? Uh, we didn't because it was it wasn't available to stream anywhere. That would have been the next logical step, um, because uh, but it wasn't on Netflix and it wasn't on iPlayer. But iPlayer did have Curse of the Weir Rabbit, and so I was like, oh, you know what, we've got nothing else on. Yeah. <laughs> so we just went straight into Curse of the Weir Rabbit, which I enjoy. Um, but it's, I think it suffers a little bit from from trying to do the feature film thing, and needing to conform to that more traditional three act structure, and you know it has more characters in it and that yeah. stuff. So it's it, which I don't want. I don't want to play it down too much. It's still a very good film, but uh, as we said, Wrong Trousers is actual perfection. Mm. 
Um, uh, so yeah, uh, a, a shoe in for uh, TV highlight of the week for me uh, this week. What about yourself, Matt? Uh, today I went to the cinema, went and watched the Eternals, the new Marvel film. Oh, it's been getting a very mixed reception from what I can tell. Yeah, I quite liked it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know I really enjoy not great films. Yeah. I thought, other than the villain being quite weak, mm. um, and occasionally, like, it it's a bit directionless. Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Excellent. Yeah. Did, it, did it feel different? Did it feel like a, yeah, of, like I, a departure from the more typical MCU I style? think what they were trying to do because other than the big Avengers ensemble films mm-hmm. and maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, this is the first kind of team film. Yep. And in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's more like just loads of different characters. In this, it's a bit homogenous. They're all a bit samey. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if they were kind of doing that as a precursor for when they do Fantastic Four and X-Men. And things like that. Because obviously they tried to do Inhumans and that was rubbish. Yes. But the Inhumans comics are rubbish. The Inhumans are a bit rubbish, David. (laughs) I quite like Lockjaw. Yeah, but everyone knows they just tried to do Inhumans because they didn't have the rights for X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that's... That that was a rubbish time for me. Because X-Men are are one of my absolute favourites in the comics. Mm-hmm. And there was just a weird period where it was like, oh, we're not going to write any decent... We're not going to put any effort into the X-Men because we haven't got the rights for them. So we'll just do the Inhumans mm-hmm. instead. Yeah, it did come across as a bit petty, that period. Um, though it did give us uh, Kamala Khan. Yeah. Who is a good character, a good addition to the Marvel Universe in general. Yeah. I'm looking forward to her appearance. One, one thing I am looking really... In- forward to uh was i've seen the trailer already but seeing mm. it on the big cinema screen is hawkeye the series yeah that looks like it's going to be really fun i like have the you... idea of like it having a christmasy theme and stuff mm. have you read any of the matt fraction run uh, uh on I, hawkeye? I can't remember what it's called is it something like moving target is one of them called or something like possibly that? it's been a it's been a few years since i've read it but that is a great run of comics that you can just dive into without any pre-existing Marvel knowledge. You know, it's just... Because it's a real character piece. Mm. Um, which I think it has to be, because at the end of the day, he's a his gimmick is that he's good at shooting arrows. You can't... You can't just coast on that. You've got to bring something else to the table. Um, and I think Matt Fraction does a... Does a does a fantastic job on that run of comics. So I would recommend that to anyone if you're if you're sort of like me, a more casual Marvel fan. I sort of dip in and out. I choose certain runs of things and see you know, if if they uh, catch my eye. And that was one that did and held my attention. One one thing I am looking forward to, because yeah. as well as seeing the Hawkeye trailer, mm-hmm. the new Spider Man film. Yeah, I'm all in for that. I cannot yeah. wait. You're looking forward to having multiple Spider Men's. Yeah, and I might go watch Ghostbusters this week as well. 
Uh, is this this odd one with uh, Paul Rudd in it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they've kind of just dismissed that girl Ghostbusters film now and gone mm. back to the original continuity. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, maybe. I'll be honest. I'm one of those people who's never quite understood why everybody gets so excited about Ghostbusters. Uh, it's just good fun, isn't it? I, I, th- know, I think just, more for but me... It's just like, it's just two films. It's two perfectly fine films. I think for me, it was more like in the 80s, when I was a little baby, mm. I'd have eaten up any sci-fi and, you know, seeing like the funny ghosts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was just nothing else really like it at the time. No, I suppose not. I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, I have more enduring memories of uh, the real Ghostbusters cartoon series oh, yeah, than I do. That's great do uh, the films themselves. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones where like people get so passionate about it. And I'm just... I've never quite understood... There doesn't seem to be enough meat on the bones there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very just... much how I feel about Doctor Who. Like, <laughs> every, every week people yak on about it to me and I'm just like, I just don't get it. But at least there's a lot of it. It's too much, some would say. <laughs> Potentially. Um, uh, anyway, uh, what have you been eating this week, Matt? Um, for, for a long time, David, and this will make me sound like a terrible, terrible person. Please yes. don't judge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week it was my wife's granddad's funeral. Yes. There was some really good quiche served afterwards. Oh, was there? Yeah. What, uh, what kind of filling? Oh, just cheese and onion quiche. But you know, oh. you know, if you go and have like a party tea, normally there's one big quiche cut up. Yeah. This was several very small quiches, freshly oh, that... baked. Lovely. That's the way yeah. to do it. But I thought it might be in bad taste to recommend no. like funeral food. So I'm gonna. I don't know. I I don't know. My 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 grandfather's uh, funeral had a pretty pretty uh, solid buffet. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. I love a buffet. Yeah. I just, it might be my favourite meal. Yeah, a party tea. That's what we used to call them in our household. Really? Yeah. That's very sweet. Just every um, so often, it'd be like, what we have in it'd be like bowls of crisps, sausage rolls, and scotch eggs. It'd be like, party tea! Yeah. Like, gone yeah. mad for it. Um, but I think my actual nomination this week was mm-hmm. like, you know how sometimes you can get baked camemberts and yes. they come like breaded? Not the ones mm-hmm. where you put them in the oven and dip in them, but like a breaded camembert. Yes, I'm familiar. My wife got some very, very similar like breaded cheese, but it was made of Cathedral City, really, really strong cheddar. Whoa. Uh, they're unreal, David. Man. And you can buy them from my least favourite supermarket, Iceland. Whoa. I that might be worth a detour. Yeah. And we had them with instead of chips, uh you know McCoy's crisps. I do. They've branched out into like potato chips as well, man. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. So you can get ones that are cheese and onion. We just had the plain ones because we didn't know if they were gonna be nice or not. Mm-hmm. But I'd recommend them as those as well. Maybe Iceland isn't as bad as I say it is. I was just really put off when they had those Mrs. Brown boys pies. (laughs) 
That's still one of the maddest things that that uh, you've ever told me on the podcast. Yeah. Just the sheer thought that those things exist. Yeah. They shouldn't. Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, it, it's one of those things that just makes me feel like I th- there must. Uh, it really solidifies my belief in uh, you know uh, parallel universe theory. Yeah. That like we happen to live in the one universe where Mrs. Brown's boys became popular enough that someone yeah. attempted to launch. When, when I saw that they had their own uh, food range, it was like yeah. I was on the island of Dr. Moreau and I'd seen a man that was like half man, half bear. Like, my <laughs> mind couldn't comprehend it. I was really just... I, yeah. I was shaken for a few days afterwards. Yeah, no, it's deeply upsetting. Deeply upsetting. Um, <clears throat> so, for my meal of the week... Um, I was really, really struggling to come up with. You know, I, I've not, I, I've not been bringing my A game to this segment for a while now. You're aware of this, Matt. We don't need yeah. to relitigate that. But it's all I, right. you you've know, only got about five weeks left. Then it's going in the bin forever. Yeah, uh, but uh, so I was really struggling to to figure out what I was going to nominate this week until my partner made an absolutely glorious curry this evening. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, just just banged it together in that way that she does that I that I I am deeply envious of um, because I I you know I think I've said before I'm not I enjoy cooking but I'm not confident at it especially not just kind of winging it like I'm I need I need my recipe and uh-huh. ideally to have got the time to you know spend a good 20 minutes getting all of my ingredients weighed and measured and separated out into you know different containers prior because otherwise it just gets a bit overwhelming for me um whereas my partner can just rummage around in the cupboard see what we've got and just magic something so was it it. do, do you like a super spicy curry not ludicrously spicy I do like a bit of heat, but obviously right now we don't tend to make them at all, you know, uh, heat spicy uh, purely because of Little Absorbaloff, um, you know. So it was a pretty mild coconut milk based curry, chickpeas and butternut squash and stuff. But it still had bags of flavour because those are like, you know, turmeric and paprika and uh, garlic and... Um, ginger and you know all of that good stuff so it had bags of flavor but um yeah not much heat per se now can can i branch out from meal of the week of course to a food related question from our friends over at who can convince you of course you can so i sent a message on twitter just going we're recording tonight you know this is the episode we're doing, Resolution. Is there anything you'd like us to discuss? Mm-hmm. And they have said, eggs, boiled, fried, or poached? Um, I mean, I can rank them if you like. Because yeah. the answer is all of the above. Yeah, they've admitted scrambled. They have admitted scrambled, which is definitely an oversight. Um, but I suppose... Perhaps you know it, it's that those those are all egg preparations where the yolk is intact. Right. What um, are you going for third place? Third place for me is boiled. Correct. Same. Yeah. I I mean, it's fine, but it it 
you know, you it's hard to get right. Uh, second place for me is fried. Though at the moment I probably cook more fried eggs than I do poached eggs just because it's quick and easy. David, mm-hmm. I think we've just become egg brothers because that's exactly <laughs> the rank I'd go for. Now, yeah. here's a question, follow-up. Yeah. What kind of egg, just chicken, or is duck a viable option? Duck is absolutely a viable option, but only if you're feeling really fancy. Do you know what I like? I like to get my duck eggs as a surprise treat to myself when I go to the butchers. Mm-hmm. That's always that's always where I get the duck eggs from. When they're uh, on the counter and I kind of forget that they exist, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah let's get a duck egg. I would do that when when I'd pop into the greengrocers. Unfortunately, I don't get I don't get the opportunity to go to our local greengrocers much anymore now that I'm uh, I'm, I'm working over in York. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it used to be occasionally after work I'd just saunter into t- into town, pop into the greengrocers, get a few bits and bobs, and yeah, sometimes maybe some lovely duck yeah. eggs. Yeah, York famously lacking in shops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could unpack the fact that it's more to do with the fact that um, I don't really have time to uh, to do anything other than just jump from, from bus to train. Otherwise, I'm not getting home until like 7pm, by which point little Absorbaloff might be asleep. Um, but yeah, by all means, mock me, Matt. Mock away. Just, just have a day off. Treat yourself. <sighs> yes, indeed. Um, also, if you boil in your eggs... What's the method? Um, I don't know whether this is... I mean, I'm sure it's not the sort of um, Delia Smith approved or anything like that. But I just plonk them in cold water, pop it on the hob, wait until it's... um, uh, You know, I start to see some bubbles appearing and then time it three to four minutes depending on the size of the egg. Nice. It's hit and miss, to be honest. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Uh, Well, I like to follow a recipe, David. I'm not as uh, enthusiastic about salmonella as you are. Uh, So (laughs) I I, I just make sure it's done, basically. If I was... I never really go for soft-boiled eggs. If I was boiling an egg, it's because I'd be making, like, egg sarnies or something. Mm. So I just boil them to like high heaven I, I like them like ping pong balls you know yeah not ping pong no. balls squash balls proper you know real sorry state of affairs when i'm finished with them ah <laughs> uh, fantastic well i hope that's satisfied our uh podcasting kin mm. um well whilst we're on was, that you know a solid five minutes of concentrated egg talk there oh uh, you should it I'm going to segue into advertising the after show that yes, will be do. back this Monday, 9 o'clock, uh, because this week, the conversation, as much as it was about Doctor Who, was what's the best yoghurt? Right. And there was some real division, some real in-depth discussion. Mm-hmm. We all know it's the banana crunch corner that has the chocolate cornflakes in it. It's a very, uh, very solid choice. But I would say that there are there are other options. Yeah. We talked about... Do you remember from, like, the 1980s, fiendish feet yoghurts? I do. Of course yeah. I do, Matt. Yeah. So we discussed those for a bit. 
Turns mm-hmm. out there's a real weird yogurt subculture in Wales. They have like their their own brands, and they've all Do got they? really long, weird like uh, Welsh names. So it's like Lanark Lachlan. Oh, you've got to try Lanark Lachlan yogurts. I'm just like that's not even a real word. But like, yeah, Wales is big on yogurts. That I did not know. Um, yeah, I mean. I just hope no, hope nobody was was nominating ski. That's that's my main concern. Also, my fragile masculinity couldn't handle it when we were talking about how big our tins of WD forty were, and I didn't have <laughs> one, so I kind of pretended that I was on mute to avoid spoilers for flux. But I was actually <laughs> really sad that I didn't have any WD forty within arm's reach. Uh, I think we've got a tin somewhere under the sink. Yeah. But it hasn't seen any action for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, for chat like that, joining to the after show, um, three hours of solid Doctor Who and yogurt chat. <laughs> Sounds delightful. I really yeah. must catch up at some point. Yeah. Um, right then, Matt. Um, is it time? Uh, it's 26 minutes past eight, if you wanted the time, David. No, that's that's clearly not what I'm saying, Matt. I'm so, asking you, is it is it time for the Wheelie Big Quiz? David, it's always time for the Wheelie Big Quiz. I, this week, instead of putting the music on, should I sing the music and just go... That music gets stuck in my head more than the Marty McLean song. <laughs> I mean, only you can decide, Matt. Really big quiz. Right, before we get into the wheelie big quiz, David. Yes. Uh, it's been a wheelie big week for the wheelie big quiz. Has it? Yeah. You maybe didn't realise, David, but we have surpassed last year's total. Have we? Yep. Last year's total was £324. Mm -hmm. Our current standing is £347.09. Oh, that's fantastic news. Even better, if you chuck gift aid on there, it goes up to £393.34. And if you add it onto last year's total, since the beginning of this pod, David, we've raised seven hundred and fifty-nine pounds sixty pence. <laughs> That's genuinely like mind-boggling to think about. And uh, enormous thanks to everyone who has donated. Um, you know, what whatever amount you've donated, it's um, when when yeah. So a- after. Her contribution to the Wheelie Big Quiz. We got a big donation from Jessica Wummel that mm-hmm. put us really, really close. And then I put out a few tweets saying, oh, come on, guys, we're so, so close. And then a lot of people just chipped in to get us over the line. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Um, yeah, you, you, you're making a real difference. Yeah, making a real difference to me, David, because do you have plans 
Monday the 20th of December? Uh, probably not. It will okay. be my first official day of annual leave. Yeah, <laughs> same for me. I break up from work on the Friday, but mm-hmm. my wife is still at work on the 20th. That mm. is the day I'm going to sit down and watch all of class in one solid block. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, I thought about it today when I was in the car, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a little compilation of recordings. So I'm going to record myself getting ready for episode one, Mm -hmm. Then then I'll make a little declaration after episode one. So I'm going to put together how I'm feeling through the days, through a series of little recordings that I'm going to release at the end of that day. I'm not going to edit it. It's just going to be me just going, yeah, I've just watched episode five. I'm eight hours into class and I just want it to end. Excellent. I look forward to that. So there's going to be a bonus. We will still have a proper chat about it as well, won't we? Oh, yeah, we will. We will. Mm -hmm. But one of the bonuses is going to be my immediate thoughts on every episode. (laughs) Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot wait, Matt. And on the topic of bonus episodes, I know you're desperate to get into the quiz, David, but I've got so I much really, really big news this week. Mm-hmm. Let, let me whet your appetite with some suggested bonus episodes from people who have donated over £25. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've mentioned in the past, BT Flibbity Giggard has suggested that we read the RTD book, Damaged Goods. Yep. Okay. Mark, from the All of Time and Space podcast, has yep. paid for us to watch... Is it The Horns of Nemon? The Horns of Nyman. Yes, yep. I am very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, we'll be getting into that. Thanks to Jacobus X, David, we'll be listening to the Big Finish story... Expiry Dating from the Tenth Doctor and River Song compilation. Oh, lovely. I've, I've needed an excuse to pick that up. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Ariel, we will be watching the Sarah Jane Adventures episode, The Temptation of Sarah Jane Smith. Mm. And then I've saved this one to last because this is the one I'm most curious slash excited for. Yes. So Jessica Wummel has suggested that we put together an episode on Doctor Who parodies mm. and representation in other media. I, I think I'm going to do a deep dive on that. I might write an essay. <laughs> Excellent. We'll have to pick out some interesting examples. Um, and if, uh, yeah. if Marty McLean's listening... Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M A R T Y. M A R T Y. Marty, 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 Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. Uh, Marty, you've donated enough to suggest an episode, but you haven't given us a suggestion yet, so do you just want to send us a quick message, mate? Likewise, Andy, who I don't actually think listens to the pod, is just our friend, David. Yeah. He he hasn't done that either. No. Yeah, he should... uh, I'd love to know what he'd suggest. I think he'd probably go for something utterly sadistic. 
I think he'd probably go, can you watch uh, the episode Rose, but you have to watch it five times back to back every day for a month. It, give it, him ideas. It, it's going to be something brutal. And everyone's been that. pretty nice. Everyone's just been like, oh, I'm quite interested to know what you think of this. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely thought when we uh, launched Wheelie Big Quiz around the time of Woman Who Fell to Earth, everyone was just going to pay for us to watch that episode again and again and <laughs> again. I'm just, I'm, I'm astonished nobody's gone for Lug Barrow yet. I, th- I don't know what that is. That seems to be in, in like, fashion at the minute. I see a lot of people on Twitter... Going there's, on, bad, isn't it? Well, the thing is, there is um, there's something as a as a small element of flux. I won't give you any spoilers. There's a small element of flux that has reminded some people of an aspect of Lung Barrow. Now, I I have not re- read Lung Barrow. I am aware of its notoriety for one major plot point, but that's it. Um, but it is one of the most notorious pieces of, of extended Doctor Who media. Right. That'll be something nice to look forward to. Hmm. Right. Now I have one question for you, David. Yes. This week, I mean, it kind of impacts next week as well. Would you like your questions to come from a listener or a fellow podcaster? Oh, don't feel um, guilty because whichever one you don't pick is going to be next week's questions. Well, we had a listener last week, so let's have a fellow podcaster this week. Okay, so I'll just say, Ariel, don't feel bad. I got your questions. I'm going to use them next week. Okay, David's made this decision, not me. If you want to send a picture of yourself holding a sign saying I'm better than David, you can. Don't worry. Yeah, just go right ahead. All right. No one has yet. In fact, it doesn't even matter if you're involved in the quiz. Just do it. I'm trying to turn the internet against you, David. Mm. Right. Your questions this week, David. Yes. Okay. You know they love a quiz themselves. It's the All of Time and Space podcast. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So these are from Mark. Say hello, David. Hello, Mark. Okay. Now, there are six questions, as usual. Each one's worth one pound. And if... David gets them all right. £10 is added to our total. I forgot to say, David, you know we're on £759. Next mm-hmm. year, if we make £240, that adds up to over 1000 Does that mean we have to kiss? It's not cumulative, surely. Oh, just sort of check. I just sort of check. Because technically, we're over US dollars So we could do a little American kiss. I, I, I think you're, you're, you're stretching the rules somewhat, Matt. All right. It's, it's not like it preys on my mind constantly. and I'm, It's all <laughs> I think about. Right, David, are you sitting comfortably? I am. Okay, question one. Uh, I don't think they're from the usual topics, but there's six questions and we'll just go for it. Excellent. In the episode School Reunion, the Krillotane are feeding the children specially enhanced chips which the Doctor discovers are boosting the children's intelligence. In order to solve what? Oh. Do I have multiple choice, Matt? Uh, You don't, I'm afraid. Okay, right. Uh, 
going without a safety net. Um, it's the something or other paradigm or something? It, it is the something paradigm. Uh, is it the god paradigm? It's not. I think in the no. episode they refer to it as the god equation. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was something along those lines, but it, I was I was really reaching to the dark depths of my brain there. So uh, get, put me out of my misery, Matt. What was it? It is the Skasis Paradigm. Skasis Paradigm, yeah. I wouldn't have got that, no. Okay, are you ready for question two? Yes. In the... Is it the Ryboss Operation? The Reboss Operation? Reboss Operation. In the Reboss operation, Romana says that she graduated from the Academy on Gallifrey with a triple first. What was the Doctor's rather embarrassing exam score? Oh, I can't remember now. Um, so I'm just going to assume that it was, I don't know, a third. He scraped through with 51% at the second ah. attempt. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember the line. I remember the scene, but not the specific line. Right. Maybe you'll have You've more luck with questions. You've not seen any Romana stories, have you, Matt? No, and I'm so glad. I don't like her. Oh, I've not really... seen her. I've not met her. But she doesn't sound like my cup of tea. <laughs> I'm not I think you change I think you change your tune. Right. Speaking of another companion, David, let's talk about Vicky. Let us. What was Vicky's final story? Oh, damn it. I think I'm right in saying that it's one of... one. It's one of the few Hartnells that I, have, that I haven't seen. I've tended... So the, the, the Hartnells that I haven't seen are any that are largely missing and haven't got um, animated reconstructions and the gunfighters which I skipped for some reason and I really need to watch at some point um, when okay I'm just racking my brains give me give me a second here Matt it's okay Morrissey so, might join us soon so Vicky and Stephen travel together and then at some point Dodo came along. So it's going to be between... Um, oh, I'm just going to... I'm just going to take a punt on the Myth Makers. David. Yep. That's your first pound in the bag this week. Oh, yes. The answer was the Myth Makers. Yeah. Now, are you familiar, David, with the story The Nightmare of Eden? I am. I've not seen it for quite a while, but I am aware of it. Can you tell me the name of the fictional drug referenced in The Nightmare of Eden? Oh, no, I'm not going to get that one because I've only seen it the once and it was a while ago. So you wouldn't know the answer is Vraxoin. Nope. Would not have got that one. I don't think I'd have even got that one with multiple choice, Matt. Okay. 
I'm worried. You're not doing very well this week. I'm worried your confidence is going to wane in the final few weeks of the Wheelie Big Quiz. Uh, we'll see. Right. Next one. According to TARDIS Wiki, how long was it estimated that the Doctor spent trapped in the confession dial in Heaven Sent? Oh, gosh. It was several billion years. It was in the billion years. Yeah. I'm just going to just pluck a number at random and say 10 billion. The answer was 4.5 billion years. No. Yeah. All right. Poor showing this week for me. I know, but, Mm. you know, like I say, form is temporary, class is permanent, David. Well. Okay. What's the saying? Failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. Yes, indeed. Right. Are you familiar with the story The Sea Devils? I am. Okay. In The Sea Devils, the Doctor says that the chap that discovered the Silurians got the time period wrong. What did he say would have been a more accurate name for them instead of the Silurians? Oh... I can't remember the line now. Um, I'm just going to say Mesozoans. They should have been called the Eocenes. Yeah. Do you you know what I'm prepared to do, David? Because I'm worried you're a little bit down because you didn't do (laughs) so well there. You got Mm -hmm. one out of six from Mark's questions. I'm going to stick Ariel's questions in on the end. Let's go for round two. Let, All right, then. Plus, I, I feel guilty just giving one pound to charity. Okay, we've got plenty of questions lined up to get us through to Christmas. So, um, Also, you just really don't want to talk about uh, resolution for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, Ariel, uh, I, I, I felt bad. You don't have to feel bad that David doesn't want to answer these questions because he's going to do them anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Question one, David, of round two. This is unforeseen. This, is, this isn't this is even, like... Is this bigger than the Circular Lock quiz? Uh, similar size, won't it? It'll be the same number of questions. Can this be the Sergeant Bash? Or Dead, sure. Dead Metal. Dead Metal was my favourite house robot. <sighs> you know what? I, I, I never warmed to Dead Metal. He just seemed like, out of all the house robots, he's the one that would have stunk of Lynx Africa. Wow. Wow. Don't forget, you know what I mean, man. Don't forget, we've got American listeners, so you've got to call it Axe Body Spray. Oh, I apologise. Do you know what? This, I, I know we've got another round of questions to do, but this week, uh, because, like I say, it was my wife's granddad's funeral, my wife's mm-hmm. auntie from America came over, mm-hmm. and she is the most fun person in the world she's so glamorous because she's from california (laughs) so like we went out for lunch and she was like um oh i don't know i might go for a salad maybe soup and i was like all right mate can i have a pie and chips please can i have extra gravy and uh, (laughs) we're just such an odd couple but what a dream team right anyway that was an odd tangent first question (laughs) david from time lords okie dokie who was the youngest actor to ever play the Doctor? 
And I'll give you a bonus point, David, if you can tell me how old they were at the time of their first episode. Mm. Now, so there was a lot of talk about when Matt Smith was cast that he was the youngest since Peter Davison. And I seem to recall there was some wrinkle about one of them was younger than the other when they were cast, but then older than them when they came to filming their first episode, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the gap between being cast. and So I think I want to say that whilst Matt Smith was younger when he was cast than Davison, Davison actually was younger when he recorded his first episode than Matt Smith was. I think that's the way round that it is. So that I'm going to say Peter Davison. I'm wrong, aren't I? It's Matt wrong. Smith. You should have gone with Matt Smith. He was 27. Yeah. 27, yeah. So, question two, David, comes from Companions. Which companion has appeared in the most Doctor Who stories? Okay, emphasis on stories. Yep. Right, not episodes, because if it was episodes, then I'd be tempted to say maybe Sarah Jane Smith, but I think if we're talking stories, possibly Clara? The correct answer is Clara Oswald. Yes. Excellent, excellent. So that's one pound from round two. Doubled your score for the week. Hooray. It's only taken me eight questions. Okay. The next one is from Episodes and Stories. Okay. Okay. Which new Doctor Who episode has the lowest IMDb rating? Oh. It's got to be Fear Her, right? Uh, it's not, I'm afraid. Oh, it's, it's not bloody Woman Who Fell to Earth, is it? It's not. No, okay. Keep guessing if you want. What would it be? Because I was my first thought was Fear Her because it's, it's the worst. Uh, and my second was uh, Woman Who Fell to Earth because I thought maybe it got review bombed. Can I give you a uh, clue? Yeah. It's an episode I've not seen. Oh, right. Um... Oh, is it Orphan 55? It is. So I'm looking forward to that in the future. Oh, yeah. That makes me slightly sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's one I'm going to look forward to. Hmm. Right. It's coming up. Not too far away. Uh, it's your favourite round next, David. Mm-hmm. Years, Years and, and dates. dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which year does Billy Shipton get sent to by the Weeping Angels in the episode Blink? Oh, it's it's the sixties. When uh, is it sixty nine? As Brian Adams says, it was the summer of sixty nine. Yeah. It's when he got his first real six string. <laughs> right. One of your better rounds now, monsters. Mm-hmm. The Daleks and the Slovene have both had stories that involved the unnatural behaviour. Of which earth animal? 
That's an interesting question. Okay. Fadine. I'm just trying to... Th I don't really think about any animals in relation to the Slivine. Um, I'm struggling to, to like, pinpoint this one. I'm going to say... Uh, bees? Just, I'm thinking about the season f four thread, but... No, it's not coming to me, that one. The answer is pig. There's a oh, pig decoy in Aliens of London, yep. and pig yep. slaves in Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, good question, good question. It's there in plain sight, but yeah, yeah. didn't get it. Right, final question, David, from cast, mm -hmm. crew and beyond. Which Doctor Who writer appeared in exactly four episodes of Game of Thrones? And as a bonus question, which role did they play? Sorry, my mind wandered there. Can you repeat that one, Matt? Okay. Which Doctor Who... In fact, the question says actor. Mm -hmm. I said writer. Okay. Appeared in exactly four episodes of Game of Thrones. And which role did they play? Doctor Who actor. And writer. And writer. My mind Hang went on. to writer, but the question says actor, but they're both. So they're, a doc they're an actor and a writer. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, can't really think of any people who've acted in... Not in... not. I mean, Big Finish do it a lot, but I'm trying to think of anyone in the TV series who's, who was an actor and a writer. Um, and, and... Oh! I'm being so stupid. It's Mark Gatiss. It is. He played oh, Tycho Nestoris, can... the banker from the Iron yeah. Bank of Bravos. You can you can tell it's late, can't you? Yeah. My brain is is just it's uh, it's running on a very very low capacity at this point. So you got I think five questions for the week overall. Hmm. Not bad. Not my best showing. Not, Not my best bad. showing. But there we go. I'm going to make a little All note. right. Do you want to know who you're up against next week, David? Yeah, go on, tell me. Because it would have been Ariel. Mm -hmm. But you're against an elite strike force next week. Mm -hmm. You're up against not just James Courtney, but also James Swift. Team James. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now... The, it's the ultimate James team-up. By my calendar, mm -hmm. that will be the last submitted questions of the year. Right. Would you like a little preview of what's to come, David? Go on, then. Okay. Next week, you're up against Team James. Mm -hmm. The following week, you're going to get one question from each member... Of the after show crew. Okay, great. So you'll be up against the Cloister Bell. You'll be up against My Adventures in Time and Space. Or Space and Time, isn't it? They're the other way around to us. Mm -hmm. uh, my, uh, 
I, I can't even remember. Who can convince you? Adventures in uh, time and space. I've said that one, haven't I? Yeah. Time and space. All of, all of time. All and space. of time and space. That's the one I'm thinking of. I did have it all written down, but my page just says time and space all over it, and I got lost my place. <laughs> so that's going to be kind of the final listener and friend of the show submission. Following mm-hmm. that, David, the penultimate week is questions written by me about our year of podcasting. That'll be fun. They will have nothing to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> And then the grand finale, David. So this will be the final week. This might be our Christmas Day episode. I can't remember. This, this, I think, will be our Christmas Day episode, yeah. It's questions submitted by you for me. Yes. Looking forward to that one. The tables will finally turn. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. This week's Wheelie Big Quiz has been like half an hour of the show, David. Do you think it's going to be more or less than our review of the episode? Well, I th- I've got quite a lot to say about this one, so I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get into it. Okay. Should we just go for it? Well, before we, we uh, share our thoughts, did we get any from the listeners? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's my yeah. least favourite part of the episode, listener yeah. tweets. Right. Let me just bring them up. I did make a big point of saying if it's over three tweets this week, I'm not reading it out. Guess what I'm going to say next week, David? I can guess. Yeah, down to two. Let's get rid of this. I've had enough. Where Where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, I did put a message out saying I'm um, about to sit down and review Rev Resolution. Also, next week, uh, you probably won't have very much time if you're listening to this on the day of release, is going to be our Series 11 wrap-up. So get your thoughts and your feelings and your questions sent in by mm-hmm. then. I'll put a message out once we finish recording, David. Yeah, good plan. Okay. So, first message comes from Jake from the Married to Who podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Jake. Jake says, this is truly head and shoulders above the rest of Series 11, but having Aaron save Ryan or Graham at the end would have made more sense in his redemption story. Charlotte Ritchie is great. And the farmer she kills is credited as Farmer Dinkle. So my surname is Cannon in Doctor Who. Ah, excellent. Just think, there's an alternate reality where Jake's like a Yorkshire-based farmer. And sadly dead. But there'll be some nice quiche at the funeral. Right. You then have the double whammy of next week's opponents, James Swift, James Courtney. Say hello, David. Hello, Jameses. Okay, James Swift says, I think this is a nice, refreshing change from season 11. Whittaker is amazing, especially in this episode. I'm always a fan of when they tried to refresh the Daleks, and when she stands up to the Dalek, you feel all the history between the Doctor and the Daleks. James Courtney follows on and says, There are some great things about this episode. I genuinely love the stuff between Ryan and his dad. It has a few interesting things for the Dalek to do before it comes a dull killbot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Talking of extraneous plot lines, the bit at the very beginning had no real bearing on the rest of the story. Uh, Wayne Yip was fantastic again, but unfortunately had such a poor time working on this that he isn't coming back. And you can. Oh, I didn't know that. You can absolutely see that Yaz was supposed to be the one controlled by the Dalek, 
until they realised that the main cast had to go to Comic-Con for a week during filming. <laughs> I mean, that does make sense, because the Dalit yeah. walks around as a policewoman for most of the episode. Yeah. Right, we then have a message from Frank. Say hello, David. Hello, Frank. Who says, I was shocked when the reception was so positive because I found it so boring and silly. This was only mildly better than the Battle of Runcorn and Cardiff, in my opinion. The more ridiculous powers they give the Dalek mutants, the less effective it works as an allegory for fascism. They're weak and pathetic with a hard exterior. I don't know what this mind control is. Only positive, in my eyes, is that the actress from Ghosts and Feel Good is in it. Okay, and then possibly the last tweet, but I think there's some more later on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. This is BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, a lot of people consider this the real finale to season 11, and it certainly feels more like it than last week. Honestly, my problem here is the main problem with a lot of the Dalek stories. Chibnall tries to revitalise the Daleks by giving them a power we've never seen before. But that isn't why the Daleks are scary. They're scary because of the threats they represent. Fascism, ethnic and racial cleansing, and blind hatred. If your story doesn't engage with that, at least on a surface level, I'm not going to be interested in a Dalek story. At least the set pieces are fun, and the drama between Ryan and his dad is a solid emotional call for the story. It's better than half the Christmas specials, which is all I could ask for of it. But as a massive fan of the Daleks, as an antagonist, this isn't what I'm looking for in a Dalek story. Hmm. Okay. I'm certain we got some messages today, but there were probably replies to a different tweet. Let me just find that. Here we go. Right, so we have a message from our friend Rod Henderson. Say hello, David. Hello. I had a nice little chat with Rod this week. He seems like a thoroughly lovely chap. Excellent. He was listening to the episode on Night Terrors, and I had to explain that was the episode where me and you had a big falling out and didn't talk to each other for a week. Yeah. Pod- podcasting myth at this point. Yeah. Should, one day I'm going to expose why we fell out. Should, should we do mm. it now? Well, who do you think it'll paint in the worst light? Uh, definitely me. Um, like, basically I was being really, really unreasonable and you were being really calm. But the more calm you were, the more unreasonable I became. <laughs> yeah. That's kind yeah. of how I remember it. Yeah, probably, yeah. Certainly not at the time, but then when I sat down to edit that week's episode, I was like, God, I'm a dick. Well, the trouble is, it it was one of those few times, well, I say few times, it was a time when I ended up on on my, my sort of high horse. and Basically, also, let's put it out there, I said, and that was the wrong thing to say at the wrong time, wasn't it, David? It was rather, yeah. Yeah, I wish he told me that you before know. I put my foot in my mouth. But no. <laughs> that kind of thing does does kind of stick in my craw a little bit. Um, but uh, there we go. It, it's it's out there now. People can stop asking us about it. It it didn't it didn't kill off the podcast or anything, did it? So that's no. the main thing. Almost. Maybe next time. Do you think I'll ever say anything so offensive that will stop the pod? <sighs> You'd have to really, really push the envelope, Matt, because having a dedicated couple of hours a week where I get to talk about Doctor Who is um, has become quite an important part of my 
my um so you know weekly survival routine so right <laughs> anyway anyway thank you for your yeah. message rod yes. we then had a message from ariel who says good episode definitely a better finale than the last one and yaz still doesn't do anything yes indeed and um, final message this week comes from marie boudreau creator of the circular lock quiz <laughs> Who says, Ivory. I love this one. The only negative thing was how quickly they revealed that the alien was a Dalek. I honestly thought it was going to be a new alien and was horrified at the parasite possession it had on the scientist. I like that we had more of a backstory for Ryan and his dad, even if... Hold on. I can click something. Uh, even if you could see the end conflict coming. I also really enjoyed the music for this episode as it felt modern and manic paralleling this new imagining of a self-made Dalek soldier who wakes up ready to exterminate. The tale of Generations guarding the Dalek pieces was such an interesting concept. As always, Graham continues to provide heart and comedy in the best Wilfred way. And this story really gave us a better vision of how strong his and Ryan's relationship is. I genuinely enjoyed a lot about this episode and can't wait to hear what you think. Fantastic. Uh, well, thanks for everyone's thoughts there. Really mixed bag in terms of um, range of opinion there, which is interesting. Um, it, I'm finding it really fascinating uh, hearing people's thoughts on this era in particular because this is the we're only really getting to the point now where the dust is settling on Series 11 and Series 12 and we're getting a bit more context for... Whitaker's run as a whole, if you like. Um, and the range of opinion is fascinating to me. So I really do actually appreciate everyone who, who uh, writes in. Um, Matt, I, 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 I'm so keen to know, where are you ranking resolution? Probably more good episode than bad. Mm -hmm. But... I've written shockingly few notes, considering this was an hour long. I wrote more notes last week than I did this week. So, wow. good episode, but not a great deal really happened. Unless you were just so engaged by the whole thing that you forgot to make notes? No, no. I, I was... <laughs> Uh, the people, the guys over at Who Can Convince You always laugh at me because whenever I watch Doctor Who, I always put my yeah. laptop on the floor and lie down on the floor with my notes in front of me. Uh, so I have a set routine where the only stimulus I can get is Doctor Who. So I didn't stop halfway through for a break. I watched it all in one go. And, you know, what I saw was all right. There was nothing massively offensive. It was just... Not a great deal happened. It felt more like old mm. Doctor Who, I will say that much. That's interesting. When I say That's old Doctor Who, I mean like good like classic. classic Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, I could almost see if they had the budget and stuff, it uh, how it could have been a sort of 80s era Who or something like that. Um, yeah, it has a... Yeah. I mean, I would say in general, Whittaker's era has a sort of uh, Peter Davison vibe at times. Um, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked by myself. Uh, would you like to know what I think of this episode, Matt? No, not really. Mm. All right, then. Well, I'll see you next week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the next big argument. <laughs> yeah. Go on. 
What do you make of resolution? I love it. Really? I love this one. Um, best Dalek episode since series one? Yeah, but my main criticism is, and a few people mentioned it in their messages, mm-hmm. the Dalek's not very Dalek-y. Until the I... end when it becomes a Dalek. Mm, I would... It, it certainly, first of all, it doesn't look like the Daleks we've come to see. Like, when I see a Dalek, I expect it to look like Krang out the turtles, mm-hmm. just with one big eye. Yeah. And in this, it is quite literally just a big octopus. You know, we've not yeah. seen them jump on people's backs and use massive long tendrils. Mm-hmm. And we've not seen them, and this is the one I think that is most jarring. When they're not in their casings, we've seen them just as little feeble blobs. But in mm-hmm. here, it's like this massive tendril monster that could yeah. whip a policeman into a car and beat him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that that's my main criticism, is that the Dalek isn't a Dalek. Yeah, no, that doesn't bother me at all. Okay. I really like this story. Yeah, I, I get why it would bother some people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be dismissive of uh, people who have differing opinions at all. Um, but for me, it just it doesn't doesn't impact my enjoyment one iota. Um, for one, you know, Doctor Who has no continuity, and two, it um, it, it I, I I think they do enough to establish that this is not. This is not perhaps your, your just sort of bog standard Dalek. We've seen, you know, the idea of sort of Dalek variations is not new, mm-hmm. by any stretch, you know. Um, so I'm I'm more than happy to sort of accept this as a as a as a new sort of Dalek variant for the purpose of telling a really exciting, engaging, fun story. And I think that this episode absolutely nails that. Um, all you know what I look for out of a Dalek story more than anything is that sort of knot of tension in the pit of my stomach you know that it's just like oh no this this cannot end well mm-hmm. you know and you really get that in this episode I feel like I think it ramps up the tension and makes this Dalek into a really credible threat quite early on. Especially given the fact that it's a Dalek without its casing for most of the episode. Mm. Which is a fascinating concept. The idea that, that, that it can still be such a malicious, evil, conniving thing when when it's, you know completely out of its comfort zone and on the back foot so to speak um yeah no I, I i love this episode it's not perfect but it's it's um near as damn it and the whole time i'm just sat there thinking like where was this chris chibnall for the rest of series 11 <laughs> like not that i haven't enjoyed elements of of what he's done in the rest of series 11 but I think he plays an absolute blinder in this one. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, resolution then. Mm-hmm. From the 1st of January, 2019. 
if you were, David, to go back to the 5th of January 2019, yes. you could listen to episode 14 of our pod, Felines and Familiar Foes. Oh, uh, was that our, our New Earth episode? It was, and I had to Google yeah. today who was the familiar foe in New Earth, because I was like, oh, I remember there were some cats in it, and I think yeah. the face of Bo was around. Mm-hmm. But that yeah, introduction bad. of the face of Bo, mm. I believe. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's New Earth. No, blah, 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 um, end of the world. Yeah. Talk, talk, yeah. To absolutely this is the first, the uh, it's the introduction of the face of Bo's secret, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it kind of tees that up that they eventually pays off in series three. That's kind of what I was thinking about. But um, yeah, um, oh, that's a terrible episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when the cat falls down the elevator shaft? Shocking. Do you remember when the doctor mixes all the shampoos together and it rains (laughs) like magic juice on everyone? And also the fact that we've got a, got a, a brand new doctor who spent most of the first ep- his first episode in bed and most of the second episode being possessed by a different character. It's a it's an absolutely baffling way to to introduce what goes on to be probably the most popular incarnation of Doctor Who since uh, since Tom Baker. <laughs> when you think about it it's like how did it ever gain traction? I wish I could go back in time too then. I'd tell us to stop. Right, so this episode's written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Wayne Yip. Yeah. No, it's Yip, not Yep. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. Right, we open with a Viking flashback. There's enemies uniting to face a common foe. Yeah. You You can tell Chibnall's been on the Game of Thrones, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, like straight away, it's just it's just uh, it's doing that sort of just like budget Game of Thrones mm. thing. Season one Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. They defeat their enemy and split its body into three. Okay, so mm-hmm. it can't come back. Some of its bodies buried in the Pacific Isles, some in Siberia, and some in God's own country. Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire. Yeah, but horrible Ex- South Yorkshire, not beautiful North Yorkshire. Mm. But but then of course not quite buried. No. It gets a bit Lord sense. of the Rings, doesn't it? It does. Where yeah. the guy that's gonna go bury this bit of the enemy gets mm. uh killed by highwaymen. Uh he mm. hasn't got anything of worth, so he's just left to die in the dirt and eventually gets buried. Yeah. I, I really I like this sort of grandiose mythic uh, prologue mm. to the episode. I think it's a really interesting way to tee things up, and and, and 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 like immediately. I remember when when I first watched this episode, just being like, "Oh, hang on, what are we doing here?" You know, it it, it kind of had me hooked from the off, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is where we're introduced to Lynn. Yes. Uh, played by Charlotte Ritchie. Yes, who, it's weird to think about, I didn't recognise at all when I first watched this. Mm. Because I hadn't seen Ghost, and uh, she hadn't appeared on Taskmaster. Yep. Now she's like a very, very familiar face to me. Yeah, she's um, in Cold Midwife, Dead Pixels, Fresh Meat, mm-hmm. she's in everything. Yeah, she's just kind of, just 
popped up out of nowhere in the last sort of two or three years, hasn't she? Mm. Yep. So she is an archaeologist digging up mm-hmm. the remnants of this man. Uh, yeah. We're introduced to Mitch, her yeah. colleague. Uh, it turns out they'd had a little little smooch on New Year. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they'd raised a thousand pounds for charity over the course of three years, and that meant they had a little kiss, David. Oh, that's what that would have explained it. Yeah. Um, all in good time. All in good yeah. time. Can I say, Matt? I love this scene introducing Lynn and Mitch, and it makes me furious that they have got more development and backstory over the course of one scene than Yaz has managed over a whole series so far. Right. Yeah. Like, what do I... Here's my collective knowledge on Yaz. Her name is Yasmin Khan. That's her full name. She's a policewoman. She has a nana. She has a... Yes, she does have a mum. Her mum works Mm -hmm. at a hotel. She has a dad. Oh, yes, she did work at a hotel. She's got a little sister. And she's got a broken watch. Yeah. Um, So those are just sort of things that exist in her life. Yeah. What's she like? What is Yaz like? Yeah, what's she do with her downtime? Uh, Didn't didn't she once go to an Arctic Monkeys concert? Or was that a friend no, I think, of hers? I think it was a. I genuinely think it was a friend went. Yeah. So I know as much about her friend uh, as I do old Yaz. It's atrocious, isn't it? Yeah. It make it really makes me. It really made me angry when I when I took a step back and watched that scene because like because I feel like instantly I knew. Lynn and Mitch as people and I was invested in them like from that first scene they are so immediately likeable and you know this this first glimmering of love it's such a beautiful simple hook for a story that you're just like oh these are I, I don't want anything bad to happen to these people yeah whereas I was thinking if Yaz got the old uh, Dalek blue death ray mm. I mean it wouldn't have made that much of a difference to my day. <laughs> no. You know? Mm. I mean, we'd probably have talked about it now and that would have been it. Mm. Right. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's not a spoiler, Matt, because you've you've seen promotion around Flux. You can't avoid it. You're aware Yaz sticks around. Yeah. And will we'll be around until at least Series 13. Now, all I'll say is, it does get better. I won't tell you when. I won't tell you how. But eventually, it does get it, it, like we're not walk, We don't have. We're not like well into series thirteen, and Yaz is still a complete cipher of a character. Yeah, but the kids in that one episode of class I've seen have got more development than Yaz. Mm. Remember that guy that got his leg cut off? Poor, yeah. poor lad. Right. Yeah. Um, shocking. Anyway. So, yeah, they arrange a second date or a first date after their, you know, get-together on New Year's. Yeah. And as they're having this conversation, the things that they've dug up begin to wake up. Mm-hmm. And so do the other two sites around the globe. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Doctor and her friends 
I refuse to call them the fam, watch mm-hmm. some cosmic fireworks. They've gone through time to watch the best New Year's Eves. Yeah, it's a little on the nose, but, you know, after some of the Christmas specials we've had, I'll forgive it. Like, But I, I also don't like... I, I don't like... I know we've said Yaz has got no character. I don't yeah. like these weird bits of, like, fake positivity... Where they're like, wow, everything's great. My favourite was when we went back in time to this. Well, my... F- like, it, it's really hammy, that bit. I didn't like it I would it agree. At all. I would agree. It is not the high point of the episode by any stretch. Yeah. Like, imagine, but, imagine if we went to the cinema to watch a film and in the car on the way back we talked like that. Like, well, my favourite bit was scene one. Well, mine... Ha, ha, ha. What a great time. Should we go watch another film? No, no. I've said it all the way through this series. Nobody talks like the characters in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is there is an, an inelegance to the dialogue at times. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. So, as they're about to go watch their 20th New Year's Eve today... There's mm-hmm. an alarm from Earth. And back at the dig site, Lynn is investigating where things have gone. She thinks a big rat's taken it. And we see a big squid. We do. At this point, yeah. I had no idea this was going to be a Dalek story. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Do keep us posted on, on when you twigged. Yeah. So, <clears throat> she sees a big squid as the TARDIS appears. And when they go to investigate it, it's gone. There's just some slime on the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Doctor quarantines the site. And so they have a base of operation. They go to Graham's house. Destroying yeah. his chair in the process. I do quite like that. Okay. The, the sort of bicker, gentle bickering where, where the Doctor's like, well, if you will leave furniture lying around the place. As they're talking, the doorbell goes. Uh, yeah. Graham basically just opens the door, says no, and closes it. But it turns mm-hmm. out it's Ryan's dad, Aaron. Yeah. And he and Ryan agree to go for a coffee together. I, re- I really like the tension. Like, the sort of, just the, the sheer awkwardness of Ryan's dad suddenly turning up. And, like, it, it feels very real to me, the way Graham and Ryan react and and stuff. Yeah. Like again it's like it's not it's not that, that that Ryan is he's not, you know, just raging and doesn't want anything to do with his dad. It's just like oh, oh god, not now. This is not after everything you've done, I cannot deal with this right now. It's that kind of vibe. Um and Bradley Walsh continues to be the high point of this series. Yeah. He's yeah. really good here. Um he gives Aaron a lecture on family. Mm-hmm. You know, says it's all about what you do rather than who you are. Yeah, and that's quite good. And he's and there's no there's no like smugness in it. He's not like trying to rub it in his face or anything. It's just a more of a like. Well, it's just the truth, isn't it? You yeah. haven't been here. What do you want? Yeah, it it almost it's almost like you know. I don't know, a, a teacher just kind of like taking a kid to one saying like, come on, pull mm. your socks up. Mm. It's that kind of vibe, isn't it? And not it? just that, 
but it all comes from a place of love for Ryan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Graham isn't actually opposing Aaron. He just doesn't want no, him to he... let uh, Ryan down again. No, exactly. He, d- he d- I'm sure he would love for Ryan to have a proper relationship with his dad. He's not trying to replace anyone. Um, yeah, that's, I, I did. I did like the bit where uh, when they're leaving, Ryan goes like, "Oh, see you later, Gramps," and his dad's like, "Oh, do you call him Gramps now?" So Graham makes a big point. And he goes, "Yeah, see you later, son." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's good. I, it, it's. I like that we're addressing this now. It feels like the right time to be getting this sort of closure on this emotional arc. Hmm. So we see Lynn again. She is squid possessed by what I thought was called the pilot because it goes, I am the pilot now. But then immediately afterwards, the doctor just goes, oh, it's a Dalek. That is the exact moment, David. (laughs) I worked out this is a Dalek story. Yeah. And I think one of our tweeters said it's a shame in some ways that they dropped it there. Like I'd already figured it out. Like you said, the design looked too different. I, I, I kind of got the sense. Oh, this is gonna, you know, this looks like a Dalek Newton to me. Like I didn't know like a hundred percent. It could have the episode could have surprised me, but from that point on, I was just like, oh yeah, I see what we're doing here. Um, but it, it's yeah. But you know, she just flat out says it, and it's kind of disappointing as well because I feel certain that the working title for this episode would have been "Resolution of the Daleks," you know, playing on those sort of eighties Dalek stories yeah, that all had R words titles. Didn't want to give it away. Yeah, so if you're gonna go to the effort of scrubbing the of the Daleks off and denying classic Who fans the satisfaction of that story title, just kind of. Sp- just dumping it in the first 15 minutes feels like a bit of a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, Lynn drives about for a bit, kills a policeman and a policewoman, and assumes their identity. Okay, yes, that is what that is technically what happens on the page. I will say, I think... Well, first of all, the, the Sagan Akinola's score in this episode... With the, you know, it goes like almost full doom metal at points. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got proper heavy guitar and drums and bass and, and like these stabs of brass in there. And it, it is far and away my favourite of his scores of, of anything we've heard so far in this series. Like I, I've generally quite enjoyed his tendency towards being more understated, more texture and tone rather than just slapping your face about with 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 you know repeated themes and here's how you should be feeling now which murray gold at his worst would tend to do um but yeah he's kind of he's he's upping the ante a bit i think on 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 this uh one and when she's like driving erratically down the road in the police car and stuff and like it's just soundtrack is so full on i think it really adds to the to the to the tension and the atmosphere um also i really like the direction 
Uh, like, Wayne Yip does a fantastic job. Like, I've said many times, Doctor Who doesn't really do action very well, generally. Mm-hmm. But I think we get a little taste of it here. It's exciting. Um, yeah. And yeah, that poor policeman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, back to Ryan and Aaron. Aaron... Oh, can I say as well, though, that I, I do actually read... I've just remembered the moment... Like, where his legs are sort of, like, sticking out. And it's, it's very darkly comic, isn't it? Yeah, especially because uh, the female police officer is, yeah. like, reading the paper. Yeah, and, and then, then she suddenly looks up and, and says, and says in, in, like, you know, the most Yorkshire um, reaction, flipping it! <laughs> <laughs> and, and dashes out of the car. I, I love that moment. Yeah. So... Aaron now works selling microwaves, mm-hmm. having previously worked on oil rigs. And as he's telling this to Ryan, Ryan interrupts him and pretty much just demands an apology. Yes. And um, shout out to Tosin Cole. That is an amazing performance. And also, again, Wayne Yip just focuses on Ryan's face we don't cut back to aaron's reaction at any point during that monologue it's one take just toes and cole you know ryan speaking from the heart mm. and again he's not he's not shouting he's not crying no he's just let he's down. just that's yeah it, it's a yeah it, it's 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 a it's an impactful scene mm, definitely. i think so, the Doctor and Yaz go to get Mitch. And yep. he tells them all about that old battle and the custodians from mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And they work out that Lynn is in danger. Yeah. Uh, Ryan joins them and sends Graham to... Well, Graham gets sent, doesn't he, to go get some peanut butter as lubricant for the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And they work out it's a recon scout Dalek. Yes. So I think it's here where the TARDIS disappears, and of course, Graham has been left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron's dad had popped to the loo, so then we get yeah. them coming back together in like a real awkward coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that yeah. you can almost see Bradley Walsh like go, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, Chibnall, I don't think, gets enough credit for his humour because his his humour is very hit and miss. But when he goes subtle with it, I think it be, it can be quite effective. Mm. Mm. Um, so, Lynn is posing as a policewoman to access police archives because she wants bits of the Dalek weapons. Yeah. And the Doctor is able to talk to the Dalek via the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And they do so for long enough that they can track its location. Mm-hmm. And this is where they depart, sorry, leaving Graham and Aaron behind. Uh, I, I think when, when, um, when the, the 13th Doctor is, is talking to... Um, the Dalek and, and then to Lynn, you know, she sort of flips it and so she can speak directly to Lynn for a moment and tell her to keep fighting and stuff. Um, 
I remember the first time I watched this thinking, this is Jodie Whittaker's best performance as the Doctor mm-hmm. so far. Like, this was really properly bedding her Doctor in, I think. Um, it's a shame it's coming so late, late in the game. Yeah. But we, we, we needed scenes like this in episode two of her run. Going, going back to what you said about Chris Chibnall writing comedy. Yeah. What did you think when the Doctor tries to call unit and gets through to a call centre? Not great. No. No. I, I feel they were trying to do the old Little Britain computer says no. And it just didn't work for me. No. That bit. It was, um, well, it was that and it was also a ham-fisted Brexit joke. Yeah. Yeah. But it pulled its punches... So it was. It sort of danced around. Yeah. So he, he says some something like you know withdraw funding withdrawal from international partners or something like that. So it was very vague and you know mincing its words a bit. And my main criticism is just it's too long. Yeah. Too long a scene. It does just and, drag, doesn't it? Yeah, and also. Don't tease us like that, Chip. I mean, I know he introduced Kate Stewart. Um, but, like, come on, I would have loved a bit of Kate Stewart and Osgood in this. No, not for me. I mean, I guess I guess it, it's it's already, at this point, it's a crowded episode because you've got too many companions. And on top of it, you've got Aaron and Mitch and Lynn all, all jostling for position. So... Yeah, so bring back Kate Stewart, but not Osgood, because she's a garbage character. I think that's the point you were trying to make, wasn't it? Right. Uh, Graham shows Aaron a box that Grace had kept with all his childhood stuff in it Mm -hmm. and asks why he missed the funeral. Yeah. And Again, we get get like a little bit of good acting from the guy playing Aaron. Yeah. I don't recognise him from anything else, but he's pretty good here. Yeah, no, he he definitely sort of... um... Basically says that he was ashamed of himself. He knew he had let everyone down, and it was just too difficult for him. Yeah, it's and it's it's that's an understandable thing. Yeah, you know that feeling of like you know you've made a mistake and you it kind of it, it cripples you in a way. That's it. He's not the bad guy in this story. No, you know he's just that would be the Dalek. Well, yeah, but he's just yes. someone who. <laughs> You know, just made some bad choices and has yeah, let people and, down. Yeah, and 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 didn't for whatever reason didn't have the inner strength at the time to kind of try and set things right and move on. Yeah, but kind of hid away. Um, right, which is yeah, understandable. Yeah. So at this point, Lynn kills Jake from the Married to Who podcast. To steal yeah. his farm machinery. And yes. we see that they are forging a Dalek out of shell. Yeah. We're going to get an Iron, Mar- uh, Iron Man Mark One Dalek. Yeah. So the Doctor and her team arrive. The Dalek has left Lynn. So the Doctor begins to hunt it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they begin to talk. And it turns off the Doctor's sonic screwdriver. 
and yeah. just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, it blasts off through the ceiling because it's going to go summon the Dalek fleet. And this is 11 seasons, and the Daleks blasting off into space has never once looked good. It, even, Why do you think that is? Even in Daleks, the TV show. Because mm -hmm. they're quite clearly designed to operate on the ground, aren't they? You know, back in yeah. the ye olde 60s who, they were never yeah. thought, oh, these need to blast around. But it's just because smart asses were like, how do they go up the stairs then? Because mm -hmm. they fly in that one we watched with Ace, didn't they, where they were in the basement? Yes, but it's it's very poorly directed, so it doesn't really come across terribly well. Yeah, it's never once looked good. Um, this is about as good as it ever has, I feel like. Mm. I don't um, know. And, and I do like the little gag at the end of that scene where it says it's, you know, uh, Earth will be uh, taken over in, uh, I forget exactly how many, a number of rels. Rels being the unit of time management favoured by Daleks and, you know, going way back to Hartnell. Mm -hmm. um, and the Doctor just sort of stands there, scrunches her face for a second, a second and says, um, now I must remember, how long is a rel? Yeah. She goes, is that the long one? Is it short? Yeah. yeah. See, there's a good joke. There's an exactly. example of a yeah. good joke. Yeah, Chibnall, Chibnall can write them. There's another terrible one which we will get to, I think. Yeah. Unless have we already have we glossed no, over it? No, no, I know exactly no, you know the, the one. one. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Right. So, they go to pick up Graham and Aaron. Whilst mm -hmm. the army intercept a Dalek. Mm -hmm. Except they don't because it kills them all pretty much straight away. I love this scene. And I, I will fully admit, it is ludicrous. Yeah. It is a very silly scene. But, yeah, I just I, I love that it's shooting little missiles out of its um, improvised Dalek casing and... Um, yeah, it, the whole thing, and also just the the, the way in which it re, it it does a similar thing to what we get in, um, Robert Sherman's uh Dalek from series one, where it actually by scaling it back, being like no, just one Dalek on Earth is enough to cause mass destruction. And, and murder and chaos. Um, I think you kind of need that every now and then because the, uh, the subsequent to that episode, the 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 general policy certainly with the RTD era was every series finale it's got to be the Daleks and every time it's just throw more Daleks in, you know, mm -hmm. until it, you've just got like these just legions of of CGI. Daleks floating around in space and, and it just it doesn't feel you start to lose the sense of them as, as, as a real threat because you know you know what I mean I'm yeah. not I don't know if I'm being terribly articulate but but yeah kind of scaling it right back and just be like yeah no just one one Dalek that had been dead for thousands of years just piecing itself back together cobbling together a casing from scraps 
and it's still enough to just dispatch an entire unit of of um, soldiers. Mm. I I love that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the TARDIS team are going to use Aaron's dodgy microwaves to fight the Dalek. Yep. They're going to use the heating element. They look at pictures of that old battle and they realise it was able to be burnt out of its shell. Yeah. Chekhov's microwave. Okay. Classic writing technique. So, the Dalek goes to GCHQ and yep. kills a man. Basically, any scene with the Dalek just ends with and kills a man. Mm-hmm. Because it wants to blast out a summon message. However, doing so takes out Britain's internet. Yeah, here we go. Now, I, I might start making a jingle for after we had that bit with Hannah where mm-hmm. I point out my least favourite bit of any episode. That might mm-hmm. be a new feature for next year. Yeah, worst bit of the episode. I will always remember when the doctor was... What a load of crappy crap crap. Uh, honestly, uh. Like, is th- this is the worst bit of season 11. Yeah. And there's been some I mean, stinkers. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it, one, it reeks of middle-aged dad. Yeah. Um, two, look, the, the whole idea of, of Doctor Who doing a cutaway gag a la Family Guy, that doesn't sit right with me. No, it's never done it's it before. That, yeah, it's not that kind and of it, show. And it hasn't saved a great joke for when it does. No, it, because the key of doing those kinds of jokes is you have the line, you cut away to the other thing, five seconds tops, your brain's barely got time to process what's happened, and then bang, you're back into the story. That's why that 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 structure of joke works, if it works at all, which I would argue, I mean, sometimes it does, but not as often as, as certainly shows like that use it. Um, but the pacing on this is just leaden. It's, you know, it's it's what must be nearly 45 seconds of just everyone just plodding around, delivering their lines as slowly and methodically as possible. So the whole scene, just all of that tension and excitement that we've been ramping up to great effect for most of this episode it just a load of it just releases in this sort of wet fart of a gag um i hate it it, it offends me yeah it is it is uh, the, the the only real major criticism i'll even take the unit uh, scene with the the call center person is like not perfect a bit clunky but I can see why, for the story, it needed to be in there, because otherwise you'd have that question in the back of your head of, like, why aren't we getting Unit involved? Where the hell is Unit? And there isn't room for them in this story, so fine, you need to, you need a way to write them out. But this scene serves no purpose other than to, you know, try and make you laugh, and it just fails in the most abject way. Easiest thing in the world to cut. Don't know why they didn't. So, have we even said what the joke is? Uh, do we need to? Everybody knows. So, there's no Wi-Fi. 
And yeah. the family react in horror because they're going to have to have a conversation. Uh, because we use our phones too much, Matt. We're all, we're all on our phones and our tablets nowadays, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, these young people. And, you know, or even mum and dad, yeah, yeah, looking at you. We all live in the bloody oh. metaverse these days, don't we? We do. Oh, it's, dre- yeah. it's dreadful, isn't it? Not like the good old days. Yeah. When people used you know, to talk If we were in the Matrix, David, how would we even know? Yeah. Some people would say we already are. Yeah, because technology, it doesn't, it, technology, it doesn't do anything to actually connect people, doesn't it? It's not like, no. you know, we're having a conversation right now and, and, and that will be shared with people all over the world and they'll then engage with us and that doesn't happen, does it? Because no, technology is bad. Obviously, during lockdown, it's not like I would arrange every week to meet my friends online <laughs> so we could just have like a little chinwag. No, it's the devil, David. Technology no. is the devil, Boo. Boo, Chris Chibnall. Do better. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I just need to check that my uh, pony and track's tied up safely outside. <laughs> you know, I've got to be up early with the plough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that joke. Anyway, anyway, right. we, let's dust ourselves off and move on, because there is still some good stuff to get to. So the Doctor confronts the Dalek, and the... TARDIS team work together in this beautiful montage scene where they all slide around on the floor, running in circles, throwing stuff, and they melt the Dalek out its shell. Mm-hmm. Except, although they've stopped the signal, the Dalek's only gone and grabbed Aaron. Oh, no. And they're going to... Sorry, it says, take me to the Dalek fleet or I'll kill Aaron. Mm-hmm. So the Doctor agrees, except there is no Dalek fleet anymore. It's all dead. So she Aha. opens the TARDIS door to suck it out into the void of space. Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought at this point Aaron was going to go with it. Yeah, I genuinely wonder whether that was how it was in the first draft that the BBC were like, let's not kill one of the main characters' dads on the New Year's Day show. Yeah, Shall I was we? like, full redemption... You know, he'll die a hero. Yeah, I, I, th- I th- uh, my instinct is that's probably what what the original plan was, but it sort of pulls its punches a little bit again, yeah. doesn't it? Because Ryan saves him, which is good. Because Ryan's got dyspraxia. <sighs> if you didn't know, so as he says himself, well, not bad for a guy with dyspraxia. Yeah, I mean, I I did know, but only because the show makes a point of telling us that he has a disability and then not showing him struggle with his disability at any point. Which, I'm sorry, is not good representation. Also, whilst I'm... Okay, I'm getting moany now. It's late. I apologise, listeners. Uh, Also, you know what else is a good representation? Chibnall's habit of casually introducing... Letting you know a character is gay by mentioning that they have a partner, a same-sex partner, and then immediately killing them. Did it in Arachnids in the UK with um, Thingy's assistant. Yeah. And he does it again in this episode with the uh, security guard. Yeah. At the weapons depot. Yeah. He's like, the guy just, you know, offhandedly mentions that he's got a boyfriend and then literally 10 seconds later he's dead. I bet, I'm sure... um, 
gay viewers felt so represented and understood by uh, by scenes yeah, like that. Definitely. Uh, anyway. Right. So yeah, Ryan saves Aaron from flying away too, and I, I thought there was going to be a big ending, but then I've just put everybody says goodbye. <laughs> that is the yeah. end of my notes. Yeah. I thought there much. was going to be one of those doctor speeches afterwards where it's like, sometimes it's like every day's a New Year's Day when you're on an adventure. You know how she sometimes does random speeches at the end? Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful that we don't get that here. Yeah. I'd be grateful if we never get them again. But Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, it ends strong, I think. I think it, it's, a, it's a nice, tidy resolution if you like ha 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 mm. to the story and oh my goodness imagine if this had come last week and we just had done away with battle of ranskor Kolos. yeah it would it wouldn't have done the series any harm well, would it? even if the series was one episode longer and this was the finale yeah i, I maintain I mean, that ranskor Kolos isn't that bad but it's not a finale it's not a finale it just isn't and uh, I, I can't remember how long. When does when did Ranskor have come? That would have been late November or early December. Yeah, so this it? was 1st of January and that yeah. was the 9th of December. So less than a yes. month. Yeah, it wasn't a massive way. And I think that's the only thing that re- that that kind of redeems Ranskor have Kolos was, was like, I remember feeling like, oh, that was a bit bit of a nothing, wasn't it? Well, well I guess we've got, got the new year special coming up not too long so but like that really whilst there was no real progression of graham and ryan's story that in in ranskorav kolos that wasn't kind of dealt with in it takes you away we finally do get something here by introducing aaron it 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 does move that story on and actually i feel like it would have been the, the perfect jumping off point for those characters, or the very least for Ryan. Mm. What is there left to explore with Ryan at this point? Yeah, he's made his peace with Graham, he's made his peace with his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. We're obviously not going to do anything interesting with the dyspraxia, otherwise, we would have done it by now. Yeah. Se- seemingly every week he overcomes his disability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, I, 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 look, I don't dislike Tozin Cole as an actor and I don't dislike Ryan as a character, but it does kind of mystify me that, that, that Jimble didn't, that there was no thought at all about maybe having all these characters on the TARDIS has, has kind of limited their ability to explore everyone fully. And you've got a character here with, with a really nice, neatly resolved emotional arc. Get rid of them. Yeah. Move on. Make space for, for somebody else to take take the, the limelight a bit. Mm. That's it. Like, um, when we had Amy and Rory and they just go mid-season, I, mm. I was like, oh, we could have done a bit more with them. But yeah. this is almost like how I felt with Clara, where it was like, they've been here a while. Let's just yeah. see what else is on offer. Mm. But hey-ho, um, everybody stays. Yep. So, um, yeah, we've got, got all that to look forward to. Um, 
so full disclosure here listeners this is going to be the last uh jody whittaker ep- episode you'll hear us discussing this year yes um we will be picking up with uh series 12 in the new year uh-huh. but uh before we get there we've got um we've got our series 11 wrap up we've got um a fifth doctor story to look at we've got and in fact i haven't actually decided yet so again listeners if you've got any suggestions do let us know on twitter if there's a particular fifth doctor story you think would be worth a butcher's like i say i'm leaning towards kinder but i feel like matt will probably hate it so maybe we can find something better uh you we've got we've got some uh uh a real uh, something that I think will be a really nice treat planned for Christmas Day, and there'll probably be some other bonus episodes uh, in the mix as well. Yeah. Uh, in in the run up to that, yeah. so we've recorded um, some in the hope that we could have a little break, but David just insists that we record and record and record. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just do two episodes a week instead of. Oh, I just want I just want a bit of time off over Christmas. No, not happening. No. Um, but yeah. I, uh, so I hope hope everyone is okay with that. Um, it doesn't matter if you're not, because that's what's happening. So, yeah, if you're not happy, start your own stupid podcast. Yeah, at the end of the day, well, it's you know, it's it's uh, it's not a race, is it, listeners? Yeah, we do this for free, so shut up. Yeah. If you've got any complaints, yeah. send them to uh, married to who at gmail dot com. Yep, that's that's the address. So, um, do join us next week, listeners, for our um, Series 11 wrap-up episode. Uh, if you've got any burning questions, pop them on an email to us, uh, but do it do it quick because uh, we'll probably be sitting down to record um, uh, not long after this episode drops. Yeah. I'll probably put a message out to everyone on our like email list anyway. So. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm. I'm looking forward to to um, doing our wrap up next week, Matt. I think we're going to have a lot to discuss. It's a, it's a really interesting shift, this series. So that there'll be a lot to unpack. Um, but until then, as always, uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is time nor space pod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at time nor space pod and thank you to alexander urban for his smashing arrangement of the doctor who theme